wasn't worried. The college boys would come at 10.30 and make everything right. The preppies appeared right on time. Pedro watched them through the front window and laughed out loud as they got out of their wine-red jaguar. Do you believe this? he asked Clyde, who was watching over Pedro's shoulder. How have these boys stayed alive? Clyde answered with a shake of his head. Driving a fancy car into this neighborhood was tantamount to carrying a sign that read, Please Rob Me. Pedro judged the boys to be about his age, eighteen, but where the streets had made Pedro into a man, these three looked juvenile. Yeah, soft, childlike, their well-fed faces still marred by acne, fear and want absent from their eyes. The preppies were wearing a uniform as distinctive as gang colors, school blazers, chinos, Oxford blue button-down shirts and crew-neck sweaters. The first boy was football player big, but flabby and soft, with a mop of unruly blonde hair, still carrying his baby fat, Pedro thought. The next one through the door was Pedro's height, 5'10 and skinny, with black horn-rimmed glasses and limp black hair that hung to his shoulders. He looked young, like a kid. Most people would figure him for junior high way before they thought college. The last preppy was a light heavyweight, rangy and strong-looking with a crew cut. If any of them were dangerous, it would be number three. Pedro, my man, Baby Fat said. Amigo, Pedro responded, initiating an elaborate handshake that he made up as he went along. Mi casa es su casa. Right on, Baby Fat answered enthusiastically. He beamed while the other two looked around nervously, taking in the AK-47 that rested on a table near a sagging couch and the three hard cases who watched them from various parts of the room. So we do business, no? Pedro asked, putting on a heavy accent he'd mostly lost after four years in the States. Business, see you, amigo. Lots of business. So what you got for me? Pedro asked. Hey, hey, that depends on what you got for us. Baby Fat answered cagily as the heads of the other two continued to swivel from one of Pedro's men to the other. Pedro grinned. For you, I get the best sheet ever. Come, I showed you. He started to turn but stopped as the front door guard stumbled into the room. Blood was running down the front of the guard's tie-dyed T-shirt. Someone had slit his throat. The guard collapsed on the floor. Behind him stood a muscular black man sporting a wild afro and holding a very large gun. The preppy's eyes went wide, and Clive dove for the AK. No, I don't think so, the black man said, squeezing off two rounds. By the time Clyde's dead body hit the floor, the room was filled with armed and dangerous-looking men. The man who'd murdered Clyde lowered his weapon. Two of his associates moved cautiously down the hall toward the back room. You must be Pedro, he said calmly. Pedro did not answer. Soon you're going to be ex-Pedro, he chuckled. As Pedro's brain raced, trying to figure out a way to stay alive, he heard several shots and a scream from the direction of the back room. The leader grinned. I think my boys found your stash, he told Pedro. Then he looked at the white boys, paying attention to them for the first time. They looked terrified. Their hands were stretched high above their heads, as if this were a western, and the stagecoach robbers had just told them to grab some sky. What have we got here? He looked over his shoulder at a man with an eye-catching scar that traced a jagged path from cheek to jaw. Abdul. What you call those nice young boys who sing all pretty at the high school? Glee Club. Yeah, Glee Club. He turned back to the boys. 
You all in a glee club? He shifted his attention back to Pedro. Did I fuck up, Pedro? What I had was that you selling dope where you ain't supposed to, stealing my customers, but I apologize if I mess up here. Was you all getting ready to sing Old Black Joe? Pedro didn't answer. Yeah, that's what I thought. You motherfuckers ain't a glee club. He pointed his gun at Pedro. I think you're a dope dealer who's dealing dope in my territory. He shifted the gun muzzle so it pointed at the college boys. And your customer's giving this spick motherfucker my money, which means you all got to die. Pup, please, sir. The kid with the horn-rimmed glasses stuttered. C can't you let us go? We won't tell anyone, I swear. The leader looked as if he was considering the proposal. You swear, huh? Yes, sir. We didn't know this was your territory. We can buy our dope from you. We have plenty of money. The black man grinned and nodded. That sounds reasonable. He turned his head. That sound reasonable to you, Abdul? They do look like upstanding white boys, Abdul answered. You are upstanding, ain't you? The leader asked. Yes, sir, said the kid with glasses, nodding his head vigorously. We all have very good grades. That right. Well, then, Abdul, I think we can take their word that they won't tell the police that we blew away a house full of people and stole their money, don't you? Definitely, Abdul said, flashing an evil smile at the boys. You will promise, won't you, scouts, honor? His light tone disappeared as he slowly raised the muzzle of his gun so it was pointing at the gold emblem that was sewn on the blazer directly over the quaking boy's heart. I have money, the kid pleaded, lots of money. As he reached behind him toward his wallet pocket, a wet stain spread across the front of the kid's chinos and a yellow puddle formed on the floor at his feet. The gang leader stared, then started to laugh. The eyes of the black invaders focused on the skinny kid's pea-stained crotch. You see that? He pissed himself. They were all laughing when the kid whipped out the pistol concealed beneath his blazer and started blasting. The gangsters froze, then tried to react as the light-heavy and baby-fat pumped shots into them. Glass shattered and chunks of the wall flew in all directions. Pedro dove for the AK-47. A shot blew out the plaster where he'd been standing. He grabbed the gun, rolled behind a couch, and came up shooting as the two men rushed out of the back room. The automatic sprayed shots across their chest and they crumpled to the floor. Stop, the light heavy shouted, pressing the hot muzzle of his gun against Pedro's temple. Put it down, Pedro. Be cool. I just want to be sure I don't get shot in the confusion. Pedro weighed his chances. The gun screwed tighter into his skull, twisting the skin. He dropped his weapon. Okay, the light heavy said as he stepped back. Pedro looked around. Everyone was dead except him, the three schoolboys, and the leader of the black gang, who was gut shot and rolling back and forth on the floor. Man, that was something, the kid with the horn-rimmed glasses said in an awed whisper. That was fucking A great, Baby Fat agreed, especially when you peed yourself. Hey, it got their attention, didn't it? The kid asked with a grin. Baby Fat sniffed as he waved a hand in front of his nose. It's getting mine now. Screw you, the kid laughed, and he and Baby Fat traded high fives while Pedro stared in amazement. Then the kid walked over to the wounded black man who was moaning in pain. The preppy grinned. Golly, I bet that hurts. Fuck you, the wounded man managed. Frankly, sir, I don't think you could get it up in your condition. Baby Fat laughed. Finish him, the light heavy said, his voice tight. We gotta get out of here. 
be cool, the kid said as he circled his prey, pointing his gun at various parts of the man's anatomy while chanting, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo." Stop being a jerk, the light heavy told him. Gosh, you're no fun, the kid answered as he blew out the wounded man's kneecap, eliciting a hideous scream. The kid laughed. You can really hit those high notes. Then the smile left his lips, and he looked the screaming man in the eyes. Were you in your high school glee club, asshole? Oh, for Christ's sake, the light heavy said, emptying two shots into the screaming man's head. Now cut the shit and let's move. Pedro tried to contain his fear. If he was going to die, he wanted to die like a man. The light heavy turned to him. Grab your dope. Pedro wasn't sure he'd heard correctly. We gotta go. The cops will be here any minute. They weren't going to kill him? Pedro's legs suddenly worked. He ran to the back room. Benny lay sprawled on the floor, a bullet hole in the center of his forehead. His bodyguard lay crumpled in a corner. Pedro tore his eyes away and stuffed his stash into a briefcase, then headed back to the front room. The goodies, Baby Fat shouted. We got your money, the kid told Pedro. We can still do this. Pedro hesitated, confused. You owe us, amigo, Baby Fat told him. You'd be dead if we weren't so fucking lethal. Pedro stared at the jaguar outside. I don't know, man. You're going to be hot. The cops will trace your car. The preppies looked at each other and broke out laughing. Not to worry, bro, the kid assured him. It's stolen. Pedro thought he was beyond surprise, but these guys were from outer space. Then Baby Fat wrapped an arm around Pedro's shoulders. One look at his face told Pedro that everything that had happened from the time they met until the shooting started had been an act. He was suddenly more frightened than he'd been when he was facing certain death. We could kill you.